Well, good morning. Uh, we wanted to do something different, and so that's the experience that you're a part of. I hope you've enjoyed your time in worship. Uh, but just before we get into the actual message, I just want to remind us about giving. And I want to take this time. This is the last Sunday service of the year. And I want to take this time to thank each and every one of you. Over the last 14 odd weeks, we have not had a morning service. And you've been faithful. You've been diligent. Uh, we've had services online as we are right now, but you've been faithful over this period. And, you know, you've, you've been part of planting and, and, and partnering with this ministry and the building that we're in right now. It's all part of your giving. And so the ways to give is going to come right below me. And I want to just remind you and thank you for your generosity. Let's finish this year strong. And I just want to say from Lee and I and from the team, God bless you as you give. Well, this morning, uh, I wanted to just have a conversation. I said to the team, I don't want to be on the stage. I don't want the lights. I don't want the smoke machine. Praise God for all of that. I just want to grab a cup of coffee and uh, hope you're having a nice little cup, cup of yourself right here at Downport Cafe, uh, enjoying this moment. Uh, you know, uh, it's the last service of the year. And it's probably the last time I can talk, in a sense, not that I, I cannot talk about this topic, but it's the last time that I'll get to talk about the word for our year. Uh, for those of you who know, it's customary a downpour that we have a word for the year. You know, over the years, we've had many different words. We've had uh, open door. We've had thrive. Uh, we've had the word wonders for 2020. What a significant word that was. Uh, and then in 2021, we had the word hope and imagination. I want to talk about this whole topic one more time, come around it in a different way. Uh, but in August, September of 2020, it's around that time every year that I start asking God the word for the year. And so for those of you who don't know, there is already a word ready for 2022. Uh, I have a sense and a direction in my heart. And the place we announce that is at our New Year's Eve service, which will be here in this beautiful building on the 31st of December, 11 o'clock. Uh, but before we go there, uh, uh, around September every year, I start asking God, what is the word for the year? And I, I begin to get this word in my head, which was imagination. And the first time I got this word, it, it, it isn't the most churchy word. Uh, and so, you know, you want to have a spiritual word. You want to have a crunch word. You want to have like a word like breakthrough or something like that. Imagination is not one of those. So then I begin to study scriptures. And as I begin to study scripture, I begin to study the word hope. Uh, and the word hope, uh, as you really study it, uh, also means positive imagination. And so in the start of this year, I spent weeks upon weeks talking about this topic, hope uh, and imagination. Uh, and, and so based on that idea, the title of my message this morning is Dream for Another Day. Dream for Another Day. You know, when God gave us this word, hope and imagination, I had no idea. I mean, God gave us that word September of 2020 for 2021. I had no idea how significant that word was going to be. I had no idea that uh, there would be days in 2021, there would be weeks in 2021 that I would spend more time with my eyes shut than with my eyes wide open. And the reason uh, that was was because when I closed my eyes, it looked better. It felt better. 
Uh, sometimes I didn't want to open my eyes. Sometimes I don't want to look at certain things. Sometimes I don't want to look around the room. Sometimes it's good to look. Sometimes it's good not to look. And there were days, let me tell you, this, this message, yeah, this is not a message. This is a coffee conversation. And I want to share because I feel like we are on the other end of this journey. Uh, and the reason I want to share this is because I believe there are people uh, that need a dream for another day. I believe there's been some horrific scenarios that some of you have been through and and I've been through some of that myself we've been through some of that ourselves as a family but we've come through the other side and and I want to speak into somebody's life or hoping for tomorrow you know the end of last year you know as a pastor as a spiritual leader you have a certain idea and I begin to feel this I begin to get this feeling in my gut uh, just something is just not right. Uh, I couldn't put my finger on it, uh, but for whatever reason, we found ourselves at a place where uh, coming out of COVID 2020, we had no services entering 2021. We found ourselves without pointing the finger or blaming anybody or anything. We found ourselves in a, in a place where a lot of our ministries were in a confused place. Our youth ministry had reached a place of non-existence due to COVID. Uh, there were really no activities. There was nothing really happening all through 2020. And we had what we what, what I call a thriving youth ministry that over the years, we had had outreaches in schools, lots of teenagers, water baptized, filled in the Holy Spirit. But we, we lost a lot of that over the 2020 and 2021 period. Our kids' ministry, we had no team. Uh, there was a time when our kids' ministry was thriving, but we found ourselves at the start of 2021, we, had, we didn't have a youth ministry, we didn't have a kids' ministry, and then our worship team, the people were having a lot of changes in their lifestyles, people were starting things, moving, relocating, uh, new seasons, for whatever reason, we found ourselves in a place where we had literally no worship team. And to make matters worse, uh, uh, the government rules had put us in a box where our previous building, uh, we could only have, uh, you know, we could only have around 35 to 40 people at one service. And so now we found ourselves at the start of 2021 uh, where we, we didn't have a kids ministry, we didn't have a youth ministry, we didn't have a worship team, uh, and, and we couldn't use a building. And so our building essentially became a storage place. We were paying a lease for a building that we could not even use. And I remember, and I share all this because uh, I know some of you have lost jobs. Some of you have lost in business. Some of you have been lost in relationships. Some of you have been through a divorce. Some of you are not in contact with your kids. You've all, we've all had losses. And I remember uh, when we were starting the year thinking to myself, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Uh, and, and I think it was this message of hope and imagination that really carried us through. And that's why I want to encourage you. I want to prophesy over you to dream for another day. The best, the best example in scripture for somebody who dreamt for another day is Joseph. If you know the story of Joseph, Joseph was a young man 
with a great future, with a great promise. And he had this dream in his heart that he was going to do great things for God. He had this expectation that, that, that something amazing is about to happen. But uh, being the youngest son, one of the youngest sons of Jacob, his brothers were jealous. The family was jealous. And so this morning, I'm not going to read from the great stories of the life of Joseph because later on in his life, everything is awesome. But I want to read from the not so awesome chapter uh, from the life of Joseph, which is found in Genesis, Genesis 37, uh, reading from verse 18. This is what it says. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans, watch this, to kill him. And check out what it says in verse 19. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Joseph is going to go to his brothers to take care and to give them a meal or just check in on them. And as he's approaching, you know what are the first words coming out of their mouth? Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the imagineer. Here comes the guy who is Mr. Positive. And check out what it says. They said, come on, that's verse 20, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we will see what becomes of his dreams. I don't know if you, if you caught that part. I want to I propose to you this morning that his brothers didn't hate him for his personality. His brothers didn't hate him uh, because he did something mean. His brothers hated him because of his dreams. They literally said, let's kill him and see what comes about his dream. Think about that for a minute. See, I, I need you to understand this. The reason why the enemy has come against some of you so hard, some of us so hard, is not even because he doesn't like us. It's not even because we were whatever. It's because he, there is actually a God-given dream. There's actually a God-given future, a God-given vision that is so pounding in your spirit that, that he knows, let's throw him in a ditch. Let them go through that dilemma. Let them go through that drama. Let them go through that divorce. Let them go through uh, bankruptcy. Let them go through a list of unpaid bills so that they themselves will throw in the towel. You know what the brothers were trying to do? They were trying to cancel Joseph. You know, we live in a day and age where it's so easy to cancel things, cancel culture. They were trying to cancel Joseph, you know, and you got to understand this. And I want to say something because some of you have felt like you've been canceled this year. Some of you feel like the, the, the business was canceled, the marriage was canceled, the friendships were canceled, the church, the ministries were canceled. Let, let's, be, let's be people that have a dream so big that the world would cancel us. But that's the dream that heaven will sponsor. See, Joseph was canceled by his brothers, but that same Joseph was sponsored by heaven. And it's a dangerous path because life will teach us to dream small and life will teach us to settle lower. But when life gets intense and when it feels like we're being canceled and we've been oppressed, let us know that that is attractive to heaven. And check out what it says in verse 21. His brothers are conspiring to kill him, but check out what happens in 21. But when Reuben heard of this scheme, Reuben is one of the brothers. He came to Joseph's rescue. He said, let's not kill him. Why should we shed any blood? 
Let us just throw him into an empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he will die without, our laying, without us laying a hand on him. And then it says, Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. See, here's what I'm trying to say. The brothers were conspiring to kill him, but there was a Reuben in their midst. You know, uh, the word Reuben means firstborn, firstborn. Firstborn, Jesus was the firstborn of many. And you are complaining. We're all complaining about maybe hardships and betrayals and denials and being canceled and all sorts of things. But so many times what you don't know is there has been an invisible Reuben in your world. Jesus has come as an intercessor and has saved you from many things. You think maybe this year might have been tough, but what you don't understand is it could have been worse. It could have been tougher, but we have a God who steps in and only allows just what we can handle. This year would have been chaotic if it weren't for Rubens. It would have been way worse than what we have experienced perhaps. And I want to take a moment to thank God for Reuben. I want to take a moment to thank God for the firstborn. I want to take, God, take a moment to thank Jesus for being our intercessor before the Father saying, Alvin, uh, God, I can see the trouble that Alvin's going through. I can see this, but, but it's almost like Jesus steps, has stepped into each of our lives every now and then and said, thus far and no further. This far and no further. Yes, this has happened in that family and this has happened in the church and this has happened in the ministry, but this far and no further. But check out what it says in verse 23. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. When they grabbed him and they threw him in the cistern, now the cistern was empty, there was no water in it. Now I want to talk about this robe. This robe was Joseph's father, Jacob, gave him this robe, right? This robe was a robe of recognition. It was a robe of approval. It was a robe of his role. Let me tell you, for some of you, this year, the world might have tried to take out your robe. They might have tried to take away your, your title. They might have tried to take away your position. They might have tried to take away this identity thing. But here's what you got to understand. It's not the robe that made Joseph Joseph. It was the dream that made Joseph Joseph. See, the world can take away your robe and the world can take away your bank account and the world can close this and close that and disapprove this and disapprove that and unfriend you here or whatever. But it should not change who you are because if there's a dream in you, that's what you got to hold on to. It says in verse 25, Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. They saw Ishmaelite traders. And I want to read from 26. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain by killing our brother? We do have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to these traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite trainers, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Painful. Painful. Joseph went in one day from a son to a slave. But you know what is crazy? The original plan of the enemy, you know what it was? It was to kill him. See, the plan of the enemy is to kill, steal, and destroy. But the fact that you're alive here, yeah, you might feel like a slave, yeah, you might feel like things are messed up, but things could have been worse, church. 
Things could have been crazier, but the grace of God has sustained us. The grace of God has protected us. I want to talk this morning about how do I hope for tomorrow? Because Joseph, when Joseph was pulled out from that pit, what pulled him out was not his brothers. What pulled him out was not the traders. What pulled him out was a dream for tomorrow. A dream for tomorrow. I believe he had a hope for tomorrow. Why? And so how did Joseph carry himself? And I want to share from my own life. You know what Joseph had to do? Joseph had a word from God. See, many, many years ago, before Joseph was thrown into the pit, one night he had a dream. One night he had a vision where he saw his families coming to him, his brothers coming to him, where he received the honor of royalty. He received the honor of a king. He had a dream. He had a vision. He had an imagination. He had a word from God and not a word from man. You know, uh, when, when, when Joseph was going through all these situations, he went from the, 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 the past that he was facing, he began to think, how am I going to go through this? How am I going to navigate through this? You know, uh, he, and he began to ask this question, uh, these people that I'm with, because you've got to understand, his brothers sold him. And so no more was he doing life with his brothers. Now he was a slave and he had a boss. He went from being a brother to being under a boss. And, and you got to understand this, church, because I think sometimes the reason why we cannot hope for tomorrow is because we miss our brothers too much. Sometimes the reason why some of us are struggling is because we miss our brothers. Our brothers betrayed us, but hey, we love our brothers. But there's a time to travel with the brothers, and there's a time to travel with the dream that God has given us. And you know, when I think about my own journey, this year was a year where I lost a few brothers where I lost a few sisters, and it was painful. It was painful. Let me tell you, it was painful. But I had to travel back in time, and I had to travel beyond my brothers, and I had to travel beyond my sisters, and I had to travel beyond my sons, and I had to travel beyond my daughters, and I had to travel beyond my fathers, and I had to travel beyond my mothers, and I had to be, I had to be taken back into the body of a 14-year-old. I had to see myself in my room in the Middle East in a whole nother continent. And I had to remind myself about the time when God called me to Australia. And I had to say, there were times, church, when it was difficult to, to lead this church. There were times, church, when Lee and I were so discouraged that we were like, are we going to make this through? Are, are we ever going to have a worship team? Are we going to have a building? Are, are we going to get salaries again? That's how bad it got, church. Are we, are we, are we, are we, can we, will we? But I had to go back to that spot when I read the book of Acts. And I had to remember the echo of the voice of God saying, at some point in your life, you will move to Australia and you'll see a move of God. I had to remind myself, I had to remind myself of that dream. And there are some of you, there's a word that God gave you. There's a hope that God gave you. Yes, the brothers might have betrayed. And yes, you might have been left out. And yes, maybe you've been denied. Yes, all sorts of things. But that word you got was not the word of a pastor. It was not the word of a man. It was not the word of a woman. It was the word of God. Go back. Go back. The way we have hope for tomorrow is to go back to the original word, to go back to the original word. See, some of you are in the situation where you struggle to go on because the brothers have left the room. But you need to remember 
that word. You need to remember that promise again. For some of us, it's not that we never got a word. It's that the word has been covered by all these other things. It's been covered by all these other situations. So you notice the life of Joseph. You notice he did three things. The first thing was he held on to the word. The second thing was he looked at the room and he recognized that he's no more a brother, but he's now a slave. And he was willing to submit in that season. You know, there's been, see, there's been times in this season where I've had to do things and been in places where I've, I've not been before. But that's all right because I'm not doing it based on my role. I'm not doing it based on a position description. I'm doing it based on a dream, a dream for tomorrow, a hope for tomorrow, an imagination for tomorrow. And here's the third thought I want to share around this thing, which is your imagination must be about serving others. See, if you notice the life of Joseph, yes, he got thrown in the pit. Yes, he got thrown in the prison, all sorts of things. He got falsely accused. But not once was he about serving himself. His dream is not about serving himself. His dream is about serving somebody else. He was constantly serving other people. Let your imagination be. Let your hope be. Let your dream be about serving others. Some of you are believing for a job. Some of you are believing for visas. Some of you are believing for whatever, a house. There's someone believing for a house. But the house can't be, I want to get a house so I can play PlayStation and have fancy aircon and go into the jacuzzi. Those are great things to have. But how about, I want, God, I want to have a house so that one day I can do a circle. I, I want to have a house so that I can bring people that, that, that don't know where they're going to be for Christmas and New Year's and I can be that light and I can be that blessing to everybody. I, I want to be, I want to, let's, let's be people that have a dream with a drip. A dream that's going to cause a dripping effect, a blessing effect to the people around us. A dream that's about serving others. You know, I started this message, I started this conversation with where things are at. Just last week, we had our first morning service. And man, we had close to 30 kids in our kids' church. We gave 50, 60 gifts out to children and more going out. And more have gone out this week. You know, think about where we were just 12 months ago. No team, no leaders. Now serving 30, 40, 50 kids in our community, right? I talk about our youth. Started this year, there was no youth ministry. But for the first time in the history of our church, our teenagers raised up close to $2,000 for this building. You know, that's never happened in the history of our church. We've had the most that's been raised was $20, $30. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not pointing the finger. But here's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that is a prophetic declaration of our teenagers saying they are hoping for tomorrow. They are dreaming for tomorrow. We come in now every week and we enjoy incredible worship, beautiful worship. And most of all, church, look where I'm sitting. I'm sitting in my imagination, when we had no building, we begin to imagine again. We begin to dream again. We begin to hope again. We begin, we begin to hope against all hope, as the Bible says. We begin to dream against all nightmares. We begin to imagine against all uh, things that seem to attack us. We were constantly at it. But 
Look what the Lord has done. And I'm not saying this is something I have done. This is not something you have done, but this is something we have done. But all glory goes to God. He has done this for us. Why? Because somebody chose to hope for tomorrow. I'm a witness of this Denver church. And let me tell you, this is just the beginning. We've not even started services here. And already over the last week when we had our first service here, I was amazed. I don't know if you know this. We've got two car parks. Both our car, the car park here on site was filled and the other car park, we, two, we were two cars short of having that filled. It would have been a little bit of a, tro- of a problem. And I, I don't know if you were here, but the foyer, a foyer was packed to the brim. Let me tell you, even 10 months ago, that would have been a fantasy. That would have been a made-up fantasy. But this is what the Lord does when His children choose to hold on to His Word. The Bible says that those that wait upon the Lord shall rise up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. And I want to speak this over you. Yes, maybe you feel tired. Maybe you feel weary. But church, let's wait on the Lord. See, Joseph waited on the word. He waited with hope. He waited with expectation. He waited with anticipation. And you know what? God is a just God and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And, and, and I'm here and we are here and we are a witness of what the Lord has done. I think the journey of the last 10 months, 12 months is in itself the greatest sermon that can be preached. There's no words that can articulate on the goodness of God. Dumper Church, the Lord has been good to us. The Lord has been good to you. The Lord has been good to me. And we just need to take a moment to thank Him for the ability to hope, dream, imagine, and ask. And when we do that, He will answer. Now, looking forward into 2022, what are we asking? What are we imagining? What are we hoping? But if you're going through pain, if you're going through brokenness, if you're going through betrayal, if you're going through panic, if you're going through anxiety, I want you to know I'm with you, my brother. I'm with you, my sister. And the answer to that is knowing the God that called you will not leave you stranded. The God that calls you will not just leave you somewhere lonely. No, He's going to walk with you. He's going to hold you. And He's going to take you to the other side of where He's promised you. Why don't we pray right now? Father, I thank you for every person that I had the opportunity to have coffee with this morning. I pray, God, that you'll continue to bless them, be with them, guide them. I pray that they will not feel hopeless. That's what the enemy wants. He wants us to feel hopeless. But I pray in the name of Jesus for an impartation of hope this morning, that people will hope for a greater tomorrow. We thank you, Lord, for this moment. In your most mighty, matchless, precious name, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Wow, what a fantastic service. I hope you've been blessed. This message will be up on YouTube later, so make sure you share it with somebody. But I also want to take this time to personally invite you to our New Year's Eve service, 11 o'clock, right here in this building. I hear that they'll have the coffee machine running after the New Year's Eve. How, how amazing is that? That we start, we start the year with coffee and with the Word. What a great way to start the year. I cannot wait to see you. I once again want to say, church, this is a miracle. I'm sitting in a miracle. And I never want to get used to what God has done in our lives. I want to thank you. I want to wish you once again a very happy new year. God bless you. 
and we cannot wait to see you.